is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mayor Culpa Podcast. That unprecedented FBI search of the former president's home is triggering a political firestorm on the right. Donald Trump says he is the victim here, not the bad guy. And most Republicans are getting in line behind him. In a statement, the former president calls Monday's search, quote, prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, and who will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. The former president offered no facts, no facts to back up any of that. And we should note the search warrant was issued by a federal magistrate. But 91 days now to the midterm election, and as Trump prepares to run again in 2024, it is clear Trump and most other Republicans see an opportunity to mobilize the GOP base here. Nothing to see here, folks. So just go home. The show's over. So what? Marilardo was raided. Let's not forget that it was Trump who announced the raid, not the FBI. And the cynical part of me says that Trump withheld sensitive documents from the National Archives because he knew that eventually the law would come knocking to get them back. He spent his entire presidency bashing the Department of Justice, and here was the perfect opportunity to gin up his base and kick the DOJ in the nuts at the same time. Did you ever get a chance to read the warrant? Did you ever get a copy of it? Did you ever get any other information? Do you know, are you aware of what they took out of Mar-a-Lago? That's the thing. Uh, they had unfettered access to the property. They looked at God knows what in there and did God knows what in there. We have no idea. Uh, what the FBI did was an appalling display of abuse of power. All documents requested were previously handed over. President Trump and his team painstakingly reviewed every single document at Mar-a-Lago and gave the government what they requested. And the results? Trump all over the news, relevant in a way he hasn't been in years. His base is calling for civil war, and at least one person is already dead because of it. The guy who stormed the Cincinnati FBI offices with a nail gun was killed. Yeah, and for all we know, tons more people fearing their president has been maligned will be killed trying to defend him as well. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. Donald Trump relies almost entirely on physical appearance in judging people. And so prior to today, when he looked at Merrick Garland, he saw humility, which Donald Trump interprets as weakness. He saw politeness, which Donald Trump interprets as weakness. He saw patience, caution, and a scholarly, downright professorial style, all of which Donald Trump interprets as weakness. Donald Trump discovered today that he has finally met the prosecutor who he cannot play games with. Donald Trump discovered today that he is finally up against the prosecutor who is tougher and sharper and more decisive and confident than any of the prosecutors Donald Trump has had to contend with in any way. Good for Merrick Garland going out and getting ahead of the story and calling Trump's bluff in the process. It was also sort of badass of Garland to confirm that he personally approved the decision to obtain a warrant. And why shouldn't he? Trump holding top secret documents that were according to the Washington Post, perhaps nuclear in nature, is bad enough. 
But Mar-a-Lago is a functioning country club with guests and the occasional spy. So there have always been suspicions that this case was one with national security implications. That is to say, Yu Zhang wasn't just a bumbling tourist. Who can forget the Chinese woman who got past the Secret Service carrying a thumb drive loaded with malware, a laptop, an external hard drive, and four cell phones? Do you think that maybe she would have liked to stumble upon a nuclear code or two? Let me tell you what I think is going on here, Martha. This is a pretext. This is a cover-up. They wanted to get in that house related to January 6th. They're collecting additional information they didn't have in June or before June. They get one shot. They wanted to get into that house. Search warrant so no lawyers are around. The president's not around. Nobody can get in their way and go through everything and anything they So after multiple attempts to retrieve the stuff, including the retrieval of 15 boxes earlier this year, the National Archives still didn't have what they came for, so they called in the DOJ. The DOJ didn't just trump up a case, no pun intended. The National Archives went to the DOJ as a last resort. And in comes the FBI. Trump's wet dream, an FBI raid, both feeds his persecution complex and fills his coffers. It's a win-win, but this win will be short-lived because once the warrant is exposed, the jig is fucking up. Not for his diehards, of course, but for the average person watching this thing unfold. The raid will end up making perfect sense. Mark my words, and if I'm wrong, we'll discuss it. But I'm not. The Mar-a-Lago search warrant has been unsealed. We have it, you may have heard. And most importantly, as you see here, this is something we don't usually get. We've never gotten it for a former president. And we had no idea when the week started that we'd be going through it. A documented list of the things that Donald Trump allegedly took or stole, property of the US government, and intelligence material. The newly released information shows the FBI obtained more than 20 boxes of government materials, including 11 sets of classified documents, three of which were marked secret, four marked top secret, and one labeled top secret SCI, or sensitive compartmented information, which is the highest level of classification possible. It's reserved for highly sensitive information intended to be viewed in a secure government facility. The documents do not reveal details about the classified information, but they do show the FBI was looking for evidence of three potential crimes, including removal or destruction of records, obstruction of an investigation, and violating the Espionage Act. As of Friday, the FBI is said to have removed 11 sets of classified documents, including some marked as top secret, according to documents reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. He's also under investigation for violating the Espionage Act, as well as concealing, removing, and mutilating federal records. Plus, destroying, altering, and falsifying records in a federal investigation. So FYI, the Rosenbergs were convicted of giving U.S. nuclear secrets to Moscow, and they were executed in 1953. But they weren't half the national security threat that Trump is. He was running his fucking mouth on Truth Social, saying that the FBI planted the secret documents. 
It's all a hoax, like Russia was a hoax. And now he's saying the documents collected were all declassified. I think it's best you finally just shut the fuck up, Donald. I'm just curious, whatever happened to the Republican Party backing the blue, and in particular, the 35 members of law enforcement, federal law enforcement, at the FBI? Yeah, and frankly, we're, we're very strong supporters of law enforcement, and it concerns everybody if you see some agents go rogue, and if you see an agency that doesn't have the right checks and balances at the top. This is coming Steve, from the who top. Steve, who went this rogue? Isn't who went the right rogue? They were following a search warrant. We want to find that out. We want to find that out, and that's why we're asking these questions. Because, you know, there were reports yesterday that Merrick Garland said he didn't even know about this raid. I don't know if anybody believes that, but he should be asked under oath if he knew about the raid prior to it happening. Uh, he hasn't answered that question. Why hasn't he held a press conference? Why won't President right. Biden talk about this to and, the press? And is it related to Scott Perry? That is deafening right now, that silence. And what's wrong with the media that they would let the likes of Steve the fucking Sleece Scalise get on national news and bash law enforcement? If it hadn't been for law enforcement, he'd be fucking dead. But the minority whip from Louisiana is an election denier and participant in Trump's plot to overthrow the government. Why not wait a week or so until we know more about this search warrant than immediately rush to judgment and say, the FBI, they're crazy, Steve Ducey asked Scalise. Steve, why, why not wait a week or so until we know more about this search warrant than, you know, immediately, you know, rush to judgment and say, yeah, the FBI, they're crazy. Yes, Steve, why not fucking wait? Because Republicans have already concocted a fucking baseless narrative that they are fundraising on. And so unpopular are they that they will seize on anything to distract away from the anti-abortion debacle that's gripping the nation. And that's a direct result of Republicans rigging the Supreme Court. But apparently, reality has begun to sink in. Friday, Republican House Freedom Caucus canceled their news conference to discuss the FBI search. Wah, wah. Like I said, nothing to see here. All right, so the big thing you were yeah, referring These are all things that are concerning. And oh, by the way, then they want to add 87,000 more IRS agents right. uh, at this same time that they're weaponizing other agencies. Well, well uh, Steve, why, why not wait a week or so until we know more about this search warrant than, you know, immediately, you know, rush to judgment and say, yeah, the FBI, they're crazy? No, we're asking questions right now that no one's answering. We're not hearing the FBI answer any of these questions. We're not hearing justice. And we're sure not hearing the White House answer these questions. All you're seeing is deflection. They get on a plane and fly away. But on Thursday night, Brian Kilmeade took over for Tucker Carlson. And in an attempt to get Judge Bruce Reinhardt, the judge who issued the warrant on Mar-a-Lago, killed. So a picture of Bruce Reinhardt. This is the judge in charge of the of the uh of the, uh, as you know, of the warrant. And we'll see if he's gonna release it next. He likes Oreos and whiskey. Kilmeade ran a clearly photoshopped image of Reinhardt having his feet rubbed by Ghislaine Maxwell on Jeffrey Epstein's jet. Is there no bottom to the Fox News hellhole? Seems impossible for the outlet to fall much further, and yet they see over 2 million viewers a day. That's more than MSNBC and CNN viewership put together. 
Their latest attacks on the Inflation Reduction Act includes lies about the bill raising taxes on the middle class. It won't, but Kilmead has his own theory. The IRS is Joe Biden's new army that will hunt down and kill middle class taxpayers that don't pay enough. Uh, I don't hate anybody, but Senator Manchin's bill is an inflation machine. If he passes his bill, Joeflation, as some call it, will refer to Joe Manchin, not Joe Biden. I'll give you a couple of examples. Number one, it's a massive, Senator Manchin's bill is a massive tax increase on oil and gas. Now, when you tax something, you get less of it. Duh. And his bill is going to make prices go up. Now, Senator Manchin in the White House may say, well, um, here's what you ought to do, because you can't afford gas you need to go buy a $75,000 Tesla. That might work in West Virginia. That doesn't work in Louisiana. And they've now joined with Big Pharma in bashing Democrats who champion the bill based on what? Drug prices shouldn't be fair? 48 million Americans get prescription drugs through Medicare Part D, nearly a third of all prescription spending in 2017. But Medicare has had no ability to negotiate prices. This bill would change that for some drugs. The bill would also cap out-of-pocket drug costs for those on Medicare, and it increases help for low-income families with new subsidies and extends Affordable Care Act subsidies for the next three years. The Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, otherwise known as Pharma, have vowed to retaliate against the Inflation Reduction Act by funding campaigns against vulnerable Democrats in the House. But recent polls tell us that the three most important issues for Americans today are gun violence, inflation, and the high cost of pharmaceutical drugs. Every single Republican voted against the Inflation Reduction Act and also voted against a cap on insulin prices. They're playing with people's lives. I mean, insulin is not something that a diabetic can just decide to not use today. It has to be something that they administer every single day. You have to have it to live. So hello, Democrats take that to the bank. It's clear what our message should be. And pro tip, if you want to make a point or maybe appeal to some voters, go on Fox News. At least a third of their viewers are Democrats. Yeah, that's right, even Democrats enjoy a little fake news with their dinner. And this I fact-checked because it kills me to think it's true, but roughly half of all Americans read below a sixth grade level. And just like that, Vice President Kamala Harris providing the tie-breaking vote in what's seen as a victory for Democrats, as the Senate passes President Joe Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. Despite all, it's been another good week for President Biden. He signed into law the CHIPS Act, which will bring lucrative manufacturing back to the United States and invest in vital scientific research as well. The legislation sets aside $52.7 billion to promote the domestic semiconductor manufacturing industry. Think of semiconductors as the brains of modern electronics. And we may have invented the semiconductor, but at present, 75% of all semiconductors are produced in Asia. 
That's about to change. COVID and supply chain issues have made it clear that the interconnectedness of globalization has its drawbacks. And we regain manufacturing here in the United States, we reduce the exploitation of child laborers, bad environmental regulations, and the dirty energy used for production in many foreign operations. And most importantly, we gain an edge on the market, literally thousands of good union jobs and new manufacturing plants here at home. So I guess Biden is building back better one bill at a time. Supplies, all you gotta do is see the world with new eyes. Immigrants, we get the job done. File this under the slow death of civility, but the seemingly indestructible novelist Salman Rushdie was stabbed on stage while giving a speech in upstate New York Friday morning. After being targeted by the Ayatollah Khomeini in 1989, Rushdie went into hiding for a decade. But for the last 20 years, Rushdie has lived and worked in New York City. It's been reported that he never traveled with a security detail, and despite all, he has always been an optimistic citizen of the world. We hope for his full recovery. In the meantime, though, Ibrahim Hooper, a spokesman for the Council on American-Islamic Relations, the country's largest Muslim civil rights group, said he was concerned people might rush to blame Muslims or Islam for the stabbing before the attacker's identity or motive were publicly known. American Muslims, like all Americans, condemn any violence targeting anyone in our society, he said. Where the suspect is being held without bond. Emily, is there any sign of a direct connection to Iran in this case? And now for the main event. Today we welcome the prolific Jill Wine Banks to the show. Jill is currently an MSNBC legal analyst, appearing regularly on prime time and daytime shows. She also appears on PBS, Canadian and Australian networks, Sirius XM, NPR on radio shows and podcasts including The Stephanie Miller Show. Jill is a sought-after professional speaker and has written numerous op-eds for NBC.com, Chicago Tribune, Washington Post, Political, and the Huffington Post, to name just a few. Wine Banks was at one time a prosecutor at the United States Department of Justice in D.C., specializing in organized crime. She was also one of only three assistant Watergate special prosecutors and later wrote a book about it entitled Watergate Girl, My Fight for Truth and Justice Against a Criminal President that's currently being made into a feature film. The incredibly accomplished Wine Banks has too many credits to list here, but I encourage you to check out her excellent podcast, iGen Politics, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So let's go now to that conversation. Okay, so Jill, you've prosecuted mob cases in the past, and you were just one of the three assistant Watergate special prosecutors. So I actually have to ask you, which of Donald Trump's many, many offenses is going to be the one that finally brings him down? Or do you think that he's untouchable? He is not untouchable in our system of democracy and justice, leaving him without indictment, assuming 
that the facts that we know publicly hold up when they are subjected to cross-examination in a grand jury, you cannot leave him not be indicted. I believe one of the biggest mistakes of Watergate was that Richard Nixon was not indicted. Had he been, I think that maybe Donald Trump, even Donald Trump, and, and you would know this better than I do because you actually know Donald Trump, but maybe even he would have gotten the message that the president is not above the law. And certainly the Department of Justice would have not had to go through any hand-wringing or pearl-clutching about can the former president be indicted because we would have had an indicted former president. But he got pardoned before we could bring any kind of charges against him after he left office. I, for one, also believe that a sitting president can be indicted, not a step to be taken lightly, not a step to be taken except in the presence of a severe threat to our system of government and with more than sufficient evidence to prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. But when you have that, letting a president get away with it is like saying, well, then we may as well just be a fascist dictatorship, an authoritarian country without any rule of law. And so I think it was a mistake not to have indicted Nixon I, and there I know what the evidence was here based on publicly available evidence, based on things that you said many years ago um, about the payment to um, Stormy Daniels, Stormy Daniels. Ab about the way he kept his books and records and about how he evaluated his property for tax purposes differently than he did for insurance purposes. Those are things seem to be holding up and I think are things that are obviously indictable. And then you have a major conspiracy around January 6th. And I'm talking about not just the provocation for the incitement and the actual invasion of the Capitol. I'm talking about the threats to Pence and the pressure on him. I'm talking about the fake electors. I'm talking about the state legislators that were pressured. I'm talking about finding 11,780 votes, one more than I lost by. Um, all of those things are part of a conspiracy to undo our democracy, and they need to be punished and brought to attention because not only could he possibly be reelected, but if not, someone who is a Donald Trump wannabe. A 2.0, yep. A 2.0, exactly would be thinking, well, he got away with it. Richard Nixon got away with it. I'll get away with it. And it would only encourage that. We also need some changes to our laws. Laws like the Electoral Count Act need to be tightened to make sure that there aren't caps that would allow a way around the fact that when people vote, their vote counts, and the person who gets the most votes should win, even though we know that Donald Trump did not get the most votes. He got the most electoral votes. He did not get the most popular votes. And I personally think it's time for America to vote and have their votes count. No electors intervening. You know, so it's interesting that you say that. So we talk about the many, many offenses. Something that I'm experiencing, you may know, I have a lawsuit pending against the United States government, the Department of Justice, Donald Trump, Bill Barr. And Trump's lawyer, Lena Haba, we were in court a week ago, and it's not the first time that she's pled the same um, response. 
She always claims that the president, the former president, has absolute immunity. And it's running off of the same nonsense that Donald talks about all the time. When he even made the statement himself to the American people that a president is like a king. I can do whatever I want, right? This is what she's arguing to the, to the court. That's why the, the case against Donald should be thrown out, which is crazy. But you touched on a couple of the offenses that we know about. And I've talked about these ad nauseum, to be honest with you. And the fact that we're not even further down the road than what we are. Let's just talk about obstruction of justice. I talked about it so many times. Just look to see what he did to myself. Look what he did to Brad Raffensperger. Look, how many more instances do you need before you start going after the low-hanging fruit and holding him responsible? You talk about witness tampering. You talk about his tax fraud, the wire fraud, the tax evasion. You know all about this. I testified before the House Oversight Committee, right? And I gave all the documents. And it was actually Ocasio-Cortez who probably asked the most poignant questions as it relates to this. We now have Tish James, who has brought finally, after what, two years, Trump to testify. He took the fifth on that, which, of course, you know better than anybody, does not help you in a civil case. Right. It works for a criminal, but not for a civil case. And so we then go on with, you know, the January 6th, you said, the insurrection, Georgia. I mean, for God's sakes, how many more things do we actually need before which we finally hold this man accountable? Well, you could go with any one. You could go back to the Mueller report and you could take any one of those obstructions that were spelled out and you could have done that. Most yep. of those are going to expire the statute of limitations and they haven't been pursued. I don't know what the statute of limitations from Stormy Daniels is, but it's over. Me that's, it's over. It's okay, over. So he's, the Southern he's District of New York dropped it. They yeah. dropped that case. I, I don't know why they did that. I don't know why Alvin Bragg has dropped the case, although he's left it opened and that may be that Tish James's evidence, um, these depositions. And it's interesting that two of his three children testified. He took the fifth and Eric took the fifth. But Ivanka and uh, Don, Sen Don Jr. both testified. So it's a little strange if Trump took the fifth and it could be used against him in a civil trial, as you said, you can't draw any adverse influences in a criminal trial. But in a civil trial, the jury can be instructed. I asked him, did you do this false evaluation for tax purposes? Did you do the false evaluation for insurance purposes? I take the fifth. You, the jury, may now draw the inference that the answer to that is, yes, I did. I am guilty of that. And that's going to hurt him a lot in a civil case. In a criminal case, they couldn't do that. In a criminal case, they couldn't use it against him. Yeah, I totally agree. And so I, I believe that, he, like you, he is not untouchable. I believe, thanks to people like Tish James, um, the Democratic and adage, Fonny no Willis. one is, yeah, and Fannie Willis and many others, um, that no one is above the law, finally will ring true. And it, by the way, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. 
It couldn't happen to a more corrupt individual. And trust me, I'm telling you from experience. But let me then just move on and ask you this question. You hear Republicans now talking about cleaning house and changing the federal government into, I'm really not sure what, but changing it into something, calling the Department of Justice things like the Gestapo because they had a lawful warrant to look for evidence at Mar-a-Lardo. Now, mind you, here in Mea Culpa, it is not Mar-a-Lago. I know it's Mar-a-Lago. I've been there a thousand times. It's Mar-a-Lardo because the biggest piece of shit is living there, even though he's not (laughs) supposed to be. But where is this all leading, in your opinion? Do you think if they get into power that they will dismantle any branch of government or any of our institutions that dare to hold them accountable? It is a very serious fear of mine. And it's not a delusional fear. It's not an unfounded fear. He's announced that he would get rid of basically the civil service and put in political uh, hacks, political supporters in all the jobs. And that's not how our government has to operate. Our government needs to have some bipartisan, nonpartisan civil service employees. If you put in people who are going to only do the bidding of the president, and it is shocking to me how fact-free all of the allegations are, and yet they are there. So when Donald Trump yells, this was a raid on my beautiful home, and it's no different than Watergate, operatives entered the Democratic National Committee, and Democrats entered my beautiful home. Well, that isn't, it's just not true. And yet I know there were people protesting in support of the president outside Mar-a-Lago or Mar-a-Lardo and in yes, your show. Yes, Mar-a-Lardo. Uh, immediately after he said that. And today we had a attack on an FBI office with a uh, nail gun and I think also an AK of some sort. Um, no injuries that I know of. The person's been arrested. We don't know his motive. But the timing makes you go, well, he was just attacking the FBI for invading his home. One of his people may have gone in there in the same way that when QAnon said there was a pizza piler that had a pedophile ring run by Hillary Clinton, someone went there with guns. And it's very frightening to me how his supporters will take to the streets and take guns and threaten lives. And yes, government could be changed in very terrible ways. Um, Just what's happening with secretaries of state and counting the votes. When I vote, I know in a presidential campaign that there is this system of electors, but the elector that is chosen from Illinois is the one who represents the majority vote. So if I'm in the majority, that's who the electors are going to be, but not under the new plan that Donald Trump has in mind that Eastman and Clark want. That's not how it's going to be. And it makes me nervous that those people are still, you know, running around free, although now their phones have been seized and maybe we'll see some action against them as well. And uh, Giuliani has been disbarred. Uh, or at least has been suspended. I'm suspended. not sure. Has he been? Suspended. Yeah, he, yeah, but he probably will be disbarred. 
Um, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be. So, and Sidney Powell, the same thing. And we'll see what happens with Clark and Eastman uh, and Jenna Ellis. Those are the people who need to not be practicing law and giving advice um, when it's based on no sound legal or factual support. Yeah. Well, look, can you imagine somebody like Mike Flynn now as your national security advisor again, or the level of incompetent people that were around him? Another Steve Bannon set, Steve Miller, right? Ivanka and Jared as senior advisors. I mean, look, you know, a lot of people have been asking me after the raid, oh, who do you think is the mole that's inside? And my comment, and I put it on, and listen, I'm not shy, right, to speak my mind, that's for sure. And I said, I wouldn't be shocked to find out that it's one of his kids or Jared. And they want to know, why would you say such a thing? Well, first of all, I don't know if you have a safe in your home or apartment. And so I don't want you to answer that. But who knows about the safe other than your kids and your family? let alone what's inside of the safe. Now, it's not like Donald Trump is open. Okay, look, at the Trump Organization, the guy who controlled the locked shelves, uh, the file cabinets, I don't know if it was an actual safe with a combination. It could have been one of the, um, you know, one of these that have a combination lock onto it. Uh, you know, one of these file cabinets with the locks was yeah. Matt was Matt Calamari. He was the guy that controlled that. And in that, I know for a fact that they had everybody's NDAs who signed it and a bunch of other stuff that only Matt could tell you about. But I'm not certain that Matt Calamari would know what's inside Marilardo's mm-hmm. safe, other than to say who would? Ivanka, Don Jr., Jared, Eric. Maybe that's it, Melania, right? Maybe Melania. I don't know because Trump has trust issues anyway. And what I always found interesting, and I've been saying this for a very long time, Jared, who was known as the secretary of everything, the guy just took in over $2 billion from Saudi Arabia Investment Authority for a private fund that he is, of course, the principal of, despite the fact he has not only no knowledge, but he has no ability within which to manage money, which is what the Saudis themselves said until Mohammed bin Salman, his new best friend, right, turned around and said, I don't care. Give him the money. So you got to start putting the pieces together because everything with Donald Trump is fakakt. That's all that. That's all I can say about that. But, you know, another interesting thing that happened today is Merrick Garland did something that no one thought that he was going to do and that he addressed the American people. And what a great speech. I wish he would do more. You know, I really, when I first heard that Merrick Garland was going to be chosen as our attorney general, I was really ecstatic about it. I thought, what a great AG this guy could be. And unfortunately, he's been kind of sitting on his hands all this time. There's so many things he could have done that would have put an end to this Trumpism. It would put an end to Donald Trump's reign of terror over this country. But he said some very interesting things. He said, all Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law. And I thought it was really a such a an important statement for the attorney general to say, because 
I now have a book that's going to be coming out. And I, I ask everybody to go at least to the website, read the forward that's attached. It's um, called Revenge, how Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. And um, you can go to the website, which is revenge-thebook.com and read the forward. Let me know your thoughts. But it's exactly the opposite of what Trump is saying. Trump is claiming Democrats are the ones that have weaponized the Justice Department to go after him because he's such a threat to them and so on. It's absolute nonsense. He's the one that weaponized the Justice Department to go against people like myself, to go against James Comey, McCabe, and so many others. That's what Donald Trump is all about. But also, Merrick Garland stated, faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and our democracy. And good for him for standing up for the FBI, for our law enforcement. They were merely doing their job. You, you know, what's your thoughts on all of this? So I agree with you on all of it. I think the real issue is the people who follow Donald Trump, who listen to Fox News, who listen to him on his new social media platform, are not going to hear the facts. They are going to continue to believe these lies, and they aren't smart enough to do the research to look up what the facts are. So he says the FBI raided, and this was not a raid, it was a lawfully executed search warrant after proving to a judge, an independent party, that there was probable cause that a crime had been committed and that there was evidence at Mar-a-Lago. That's how they got the warrant. Specific evidence. Specific. They have to identify specific areas of residence, and they have to identify specific things they are looking for. They have to prove under sworn statement that that is probable cause. Donald Trump is speaking without ever being under oath. He's very careful because he knows he could be charged with perjury if he's under oath. And it's it's so wrong. It is so bad. And, you know, this attack on the FBI twice today. I mean, there was an actual physical attack with a nail gun, but there was also Donald Trump, you know, attacking the FBI as being totally partisan and going after him for political reasons. It's so without any basis in fact. But the fact that it has no facts doesn't matter to the Republicans in Congress, look at all the people who voted against him and where are they now? They're either retired or they've lost their primaries. Uh, this week, I think, is the, isn't this week for Liz Cheney, um, who will yes. probably lose her primary. I mean, that's, everybody's predicting that. I have no inside information. Um, and it's all because they stood up for facts. And, you know, the big difference from Watergate, in Watergate, we had three networks. They all had the same facts. They all agreed on what was true. They might debate the policy implications of that and say, well, based on that, we think there should be higher taxes, there should be lower taxes. Mm -hmm. But they didn't debate what the numbers were. Here, we're in this alternative universe where Black is white and white is black. And that's not how you get to any kind of knowledge that will let you make a rational decision, that will let you vote based on what is true. So it's very dangerous. What you're saying is very true. So let me ask you this, because sort of on the same subject, 
Considering all that's going on with Trump's various lawsuits and the court cases, do you think that the GOP kingmakers still see him as their guy in 2024? I mean, wouldn't it just be easier to run a guy like DeSantis, who, you know, or Death Santis, who I can't stand either, who's younger, has a whole, you know, who has less baggage? I wouldn't say by a lot, because he's <laughs> seriously, in my opinion, the Donald Trump 2.0. But he's, you know, wouldn't it be easier for them or... Is Trump actually good for that, that they want to accomplish, um, you know, and I don't know what it is that they want to accomplish, which I believe might be a sort of, I mean, what could we call it, like a Hungarian-style authoritarianism? Well, we've seen a lot of evidence of that. Uh, Viktor Orban spoke at the CPAC and was cheered. Um, So they are proud of that kind of thing. And... You and I would both agree that it would be much easier not to have Donald Trump, who has all this baggage, and who may, before even the midterms, may have even more baggage as the facts come out. If this um, search warrant is unsealed, and if we can see what crimes he committed, don't you think that even the Republicans would think that his sharing highly classified, compartmentalized intelligence. And I I, I don't know if you remember, but I was general counsel of the Army, and I had a classification. I was able to see materials that I cannot tell you the name of the classification because that's classified. It's way above top secret. And the same thing could be here where methods and personnel are put in danger by this, and by keeping it in a place that isn't secure, he is endangering all of America's security. Yes, Jill. It's not just about where it was located. It's about the fact that the biggest idiot on the planet, a guy who doesn't give two shits about America or American democracy, would be willing to show it to somebody who, sh- who comes there. He, he may even be bold enough to turn around to photocopy it and go send it to Vladimir Putin simply so that he gets, you know, he gets invited to, you know, the Kremlin. Who knows what it is that this exactly. guy is capable of doing? That's the problem. He's completely unhinged. He is completely reckless. He doesn't care about anyone or anything. In fact, and I've said this, He doesn't care about this country. And because he lost the election, he's willing to burn the whole fucking country down simply for his own for his own man, baby ego. It's terrible. I'm sure you haven't forgotten that he shared classified information with the Russians in the Oval Office. So someone who's willing to do that is willing to do anything. And we don't know who's visited him at. Mar-a-Lago. It could be the Chinese. It could be the Russians. It could be anything. It could be anyone. So it could be Mohammed bin Salman passing it along. Sure. And, and remember, it's also a crime even if those weren't classified documents. You cannot take records out of the White House, period. They are belonging to the government. They don't belong to the person who created them. They don't belong to the person who used them, who saw them. They belong to the government. They go to the archives. Which is exactly why there were people who had to be, 
you know, um, advised every night you need to take Trump's garbage pail and you need to go through the documents and you need to scotch tape it back together because he has this unique habit of just ripping everything, especially that he doesn't want, and throwing it into the garbage can. But, you know, I will tell you one of the things that the Republicans like uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel, you know, is doing and they're doing so well. They're all fundraising off of this, which is to me amazing. I received today. Because, you know, I signed up for all this just so that I could laugh at them and troll them a little bit. But Herschel Walker sends an email out. Friends, you can't imagine I'm down in the pole now, uh, you know, to Warnock. And, uh, you know, I need your financial help and so on. And, you know, um, look at what they're doing to, you know, our fearless leader who's trying to you know, save America and protect you. I mean, it is amazing the things that they put into these emails. And what's more amazing is that there are that many stupid people remaining in America that close their eyes to this shenanigans that Trump and company are up to. I mean, this guy, since he lost, has raised over a half a billion dollars to which he's permitted Complete discretion over 90% of. So listen, to anybody that may not be, you know, that is a Trump supporter that provides money, and I'm sure they're not listening to this program. I wish they would. Yeah, keep giving him your hard-earned money because that's what everybody should do. You should be supporting a billionaire while you don't have enough money for food or electricity. So that makes no sense to me. But for all of this talk of Trump, Joe, I still think he's being weakened by all that's finally catching up to him. And maybe, maybe the Republicans in general are finding themselves suddenly pretty unpopular with the voters. What's the likelihood of Democrats keeping the House and the Senate now that the abortion issue has flipped the script? I think that the chances have increased dramatically based on what's coming out. And listening to your last Uh, comments, I want to say three things. One, someone trolled me and signed me up for Republican messages. And I'm getting stuff from DeSantis. I'm getting stuff from Herschel Walker. And, you know, I keep answering stop. And then they find a different phone number to send it from. And the things they claim are disgusting and outrageous and horrible. I just, I mean, I delete them. But I have... Um, in terms of the fundraising, that is a concern to me because I do believe it's a big scam. When this first started happening and he started fundraising saying, I need your money to defend against, and I can't even remember what the first thing was. Uh, I'm sure it had to do with January 6th. And people sent him money and it went to his own pack, his own personal money. He's using it for personal reasons. It has nothing to do with defending the nation. And people are sending hard-earned money and being wasted by him. And that that's very disturbing. But I have a question for you. You know, when we're talking about how he destroys documents and he tore some up and there's been, I'm sure you've seen on Twitter, the pictures of the toilet with stuff in it. Do you think that's real photographs? And the reason I ask is because he writes in these big markers. And if you put it in the toilet, the ink would bleed and it looks crystal clear. So... How could that be real? Yeah, so not not with a Sharpie, uh, because it's sort of, um, which is what he writes in. He writes in yeah. Sharpie pens. And so it doesn't really bleed that way. Uh, and 
do I think it's real? Look, I've never um, followed him to the bathroom. I've never watched <laughs> what, you know, watch what the guy puts in there. You know, I'm sure whatever it is, it's gross. But, you know, I've seen him tear up documents. Um, you know, I've seen him provide documents to some of his girls in order to put it into the shredder box and right. so on. Um, and that's fine. That's I, fair. I'm not I doubting that he tears things up. I'm not doubting that he threw things in the toilet. I'm just I questioning whether shocked. those pictures By the are way, real. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Let me put it to yeah. you that way. Um, you know, it's for him. He knew that people were going to go through the garbage pail. By the way, I will tell you something that I did personally see. There was a document. I don't know specifically what it was, but there was a document. And after he read it, it was given to him. He ripped it up and he put it in his in his jacket pocket in order to dispose of it later because he was concerned that if he threw it into a garbage pail, somebody would be able to take it out and reassemble it. It's not like he tears it into 8,000 pieces or that yeah. it goes into a shredder. He tears it into six or eight, but he put it into his pocket in order to dispose of it later. I've seen him do that. So wow. if he's in the Oval Office, if he's in the White House, can I see him flushing it down the toilet? Absolutely. There's nothing. There's nothing that he would not do in order to ensure that a document, for whatever the reason may be in his own mind, that the document is potentially damaging mm -hmm. or something that he just wants to get rid of, to flush it down a toilet. I mean, you know, as we all know, what happens to our water? It ends up in China, right? That's the old rumor that if you get flushed down the toilet, you end up in China. So <laughs> maybe that's, you know, he thought it'd be out in the ocean, it would be disposed of forever, and, you know, goodbye, good riddance. So there's no doubt in my mind that that picture is authentic. That's, that's, my, that's my position. Now, let me ask you this, though, Jill. You've been around a long time, and you've seen D.C. from lots of different angles. How do you think that we got to this place where we are, I mean, quite literally fighting to save our democracy? I mean, because it did not start with Trump. So what's happened to America, again, in your opinion, and how did we lose our way? I do think it started with Trump. Um, even, you know, when I was investigating Nixon, I never felt that democracy was at stake. I felt that he had committed a crime, but the system of democracy worked, justice prevailed. There was never a chance that my vote wasn't going to count. Um, so I think it was very different. And Donald Trump unleashed some real horrible elements in our country. People would have been afraid to say the things they're saying that they now openly say. And once that gets out of the bag, it's contagious. And then other people who are feeling unhappy. And I think Democrats need to reach out to those people. The problem is aren't listening anymore. I tried to engage with a Trump supporter who said that she believed that the election was stolen. I said, well, based on what fact? And she said, well, because the Democrats had machines that flipped the votes and they just manipulated things. And I said, well, you know that there were 60 cases brought in court and they were all thrown out, including by Republican judges. And then the Republicans hired the ninjas in Arizona 
and they ended up finding more votes for Biden than had been previously reported. So well, I just don't believe any of that. So if you have that kind of factual predicate where they refuse to believe what's true and believe the false information that's being given out, you cannot reach them. You will never get them to say, and, and let's look at what Joe Biden has accomplished in the last few weeks alone, or maybe even going back further. You know, I'm very big supporter of Justice Katanji Jackson having mm-hmm. been appointed. Look at the PAC, the, the PAC Act, which protects veterans. Look at the Inflation Reduction Act. Look at where Look at we the are. the bipartisan spending bill. The, well, that's yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. Well, the Infrastructure Act going back even further, but the Inflation Reduction Act is the new one that will protect our climate and do many more things, in, including allow the government to negotiate better prices for drugs for those on Medicare. Is it everything that we would hope for? No. Everybody should have lower prices for their drugs, even if you're not 65 or older. But getting it started with that is good. He's accomplished so much, and inflation is flat right now from last month. Um, Things are going really, really well. Let me ask you this, though, Jill. So when you go and you start talking about Richard Nixon, there's a big difference between Donald Trump and Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon respected the office of the presidency. Donald Trump does not. First and foremost, and I've said it a thousand times on this program as well as on television and in the press, you name it, Donald Trump never wanted to win the presidency in the first place. The campaign was always supposed to be the greatest political infomercial in the history of American politics. It just became a coinky-dink that the guy actually pulled it off. But Nixon respected the office. Trump does not. And that's really the big difference. But let, let me just move on for a second and ask you this. You know what? You were also speaking for a moment about Biden's poor poll numbers. And when I speak to people, and I'm talking about pretty significantly wealthy people, and they are anti-Biden, they're pro-Trump, and the only reason is because these folks, they made so much money off of Donald and the administration that they don't care either about this country. They don't care about democracy. They don't care about women's reproductive rights. They don't care about health care costs because they're not paying. They're not paying for it. They're making so much money. You know, like I, I take you Brelvi as an example because I suffered since I was five years old with cluster migraine headaches virtually every single day. You know, those pills cost $100 a pill. I'll just say every time, I don't take them as often as I'm supposed to. I've gone to my neurologist. He puts it in there. They fight him on it. The insurance company doesn't want to pay. When the insurance company pays, it's like $30. It's like a dollar a pill. If the insurance doesn't pay, it's $100 a pill. It's insane. And yet it's the only thing that helps. So, you know, I understand, right? These people have so much money. They could care less. There's nothing that they can't buy. They made so much money. They're on their third airplane right now. One for them, one for their kids, one for the wife, right? They don't even have to travel together. How many more yachts do you need before you allow democracy to fall into the dumpster fire, into this garbage pit of Donald Trump and his cronies? And that's the saddest part. They have enough for 10 lifetimes, but they don't care. 
You know, it's the greed. They just want more and more. But let me ask you this. So again, when it goes to just Biden, his poll numbers, why? It's all about the economy. And all you keep hearing Republicans screaming as well under Donald Trump. And this is, again, part of his additional big lie. He has nothing empirically to prove anything. He just makes bold statements like, if I was president, the economy would still be roaring. If I was still president, gas would be $3.50 a gallon. I would have lowered it, right? And if I was president, you know, I would be able to do X, Y, and Z, things that he just makes up. And people buy it. They fall for it. Why? I don't know. Because Donald said so, which is comical. But Joe, let me ask you. So Biden has had some big wins, which you were talking about in the last few weeks. And it's looking like he's actually managed to bring some relief to people who were worried about inflation. I mean, even Wall Street now has picked up. But Joe can't really catch a break. His numbers remain terrible. I mean, they're still bad even though he's passing the bills that you were just referring to and you know, and going to Kentucky and addressing people affected by the floods. I mean, the guy is really a decent, decent man, especially coming off of four years of that animal. I mean, he's like Superman and no one is seeing it. And my question to you is why? It's because of the media landscape. It's because the Agreed. people who um, are having a different opinion are listening to Fox News and Donald Trump, who lie, who put out false information. I'm hoping that the Alex Jones verdict and that, remember, there's still lawsuits pending uh, against Fox and OAN from um, Systematic, uh, I may have the name wrong, one of the computer makers for voting machine, um, something like Systematics, and um, there's two companies. And I think that those may stop people from lying because the verdicts could be in the billions of dollars and that will get people's attention. Maybe it'll make them stop. Uh, the facts are that the Republicans will do nothing to help the people in large numbers who are supporting him. And you were saying, well, yeah, but it's all these rich people who benefited from Republican, old fashioned Republican policies, not Donald Trump's nationalism uh, white supremacy, uh, all of the horrible policies that he has, but from what would be considered old-fashioned, traditional Republican tax policies. And the people I'm talking about, aren't, I'm not trying to reach those people. I'm trying to reach the people who care about this country, who would fight for their country if they were drafted into service, who really do honestly, if you get them, believe in the right to vote. And I think there's some way, somehow, and I know I'm being Pollyanna, to reach those people, to get them to understand what are the facts. I think the January 6th committee has done a lot to make facts available. And even Fox covered part of it, not all of it, but they did cover part of it. And I think if there are uh, indictments coming, that that might get people's attention. Unfortunately, of course, people are saying, oh, yeah, if there's an indictment, there's going to be civil war. And those people have guns. And that's true. But on the other hand, if they do nothing, there may be civil war from the other side and people will lose all hope for democracy. It's hard to keep on voting if your vote doesn't count. 
And if the people like Fincham get elected who are election deniers and decide that I don't like how the vote came out, so I'm just saying there was fraud and I'm going to have the legislature, which is all Republican, decide who the electors will be. And that's who the president's going to be. And there's enough states like that, that it could totally eliminate democracy and democratic voting. And I don't mean democratic Democratic Party. I'm talking about the right to vote by all people in America. Yeah, I totally agree with you. First of all, I think you were referring to Dominion uh, is the name Dominion, of the company yes. that, that's but bringing there's, the there's, action. There's two, Dominion and Systematics or something like that. But Dominion is one. Yeah. So, um, you know, but, you bring up you bring up a very important and a very valid point, which is, you know, why, why and why? And the answer is I can never figure it out. I can't understand how Republicans are still even in this game. Just think about it this way. You're a young woman, right? Or a a young man. And by coincidence, you know, um, she gets pregnant. Now you have the government involved in your bedroom. That's a real problem, especially for the Gen Zs, you know, um, this younger generation that we need desperately to come out and vote. But it's not just that. January 6th, listen to the words that Donald Trump said when he was talking about the people that stormed the Capitol. Police officers died there. What happened to Mm -hmm. your respect for the men in blue? Now, of course, the attack on the FBI. How about the fact that Republicans, right, in massive, massive droves, they voted against the what are they the burn pits right in the mm-hmm. um you know the support for our veterans these people went to fight they put their lives on the line not like donald who went to his you know to one of his father's you know podiatrists in a strip mall and had him write a letter that basically is a lie that we all know is a lie. He never had bone spurs in his feet in order to not have to go to Vietnam. But these people put their lives on the line for our country. The least we could do is support them when they're not well. And so all of these Republicans, they were, so you have no regard for police, for our men and women in blue. You have no regard for our men and women in uniform, meaning our, our entire military. You have no regard for women at all, especially now with the overturning of Roe. I mean, you know, what more? What more could happen to Republicans before they lose everybody? That's the point I'm trying to make. There's so much that is now coming out every single day. There's so much. You would think that the Republican Party would be on its last breath. Well, I think the Republican Party may be on its last breath. That the Republican Party that I would identify, that I would define as the Republican Party, has lost a lot of its members. Uh, some of them have started a third party called the Forward Party. Um, I'm a little skeptical about yeah, that party, um, but um, but at least it's it's an idea. I think that when I say a third party, I think there needs to be a reinvented Republican Party. Let's go back to the days when Republicans no matter how extreme they were, I mean, Barry Goldwater would have never tolerated what's going on. And he was as far extreme back then as you could think of. Um, but think of all the people who have left the party or who will be ousted from the party. People who have, you know, Liz Cheney, who could not have a more long conservative record than anyone else in Congress. 
was ousted from the party because she spoke out against Donald Trump. And when you talk about women, this is my new cause, is the Equal Rights Amendment needs to become the 28th Amendment to our Constitution. Women are not in the Constitution. We weren't when the Declaration of Independence was written. We weren't when the Constitution was written. And we still aren't. And if we were, Dobbs would not be the law of the land now. Of course, I think Dobbs shouldn't be the law of the land for other reasons besides that. But if we had an equal rights amendment that said that women must be given equal rights, we would be much better off. And the arguments against the amendment are so silly. I mean, I've been fighting for the equal rights amendment since 1976 when I was at the Democratic National Committee, National Convention um, in New York. And I still am fighting for it. I think it's well past time. We're talking about more than 50 years. Let's get this done. How could you not? How could you not after 50 years? And it's something that is so, it should be so fundamentally easy to understand and appreciate. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, I, I get frustrated, but. Let me just move on and ask you this, because I know, Jill, that you recently interviewed Senator Mallory McMorrow, that brave senator from Michigan who finally said, I freaking had enough when her GOP challengers, you know, called her a groomer. Now, she got all these death threats when she stood up for herself. And of course, Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, um, you know, was then, you know, nearly kidnapped as well. Do you think Folks stay quiet because of the fear of reprisal from the right. And I don't just mean in Michigan, but I'm talking about, you know, everywhere. And further, do you think if more people spoke up like McMorrow, we'd be better off? Or do you think it would bring us closer to the brink of a civil war? That's a really good question. I think that there are a lot of Republicans who have remained silent in the face of clear and convincing evidence of wrongdoing by Donald Trump because they fear his control over his base. And they don't care about policies. They don't care about democracy. They care about staying in power. And they don't want to get primaried. They don't want to lose an election because he says they're bad. So yes, I think people are staying silent. The death threats that you refer to for Governor Whitmer. Um, and I mean, look, Bolton is now under Secret Service protection because Donald Trump doesn't like him. And so. Um, and also and also because he wrote a lousy book. Well, <laughs> hopefully nobody <laughs> bought it because if I read it, I was in solitary confinement. I had, there was nothing else that I had to read. And so I was like oh, pulling dear. nose hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but listen, when you're in solitary confinement, that's what you do. I don't think anybody should buy his book because he didn't speak out at a time when it could have mattered and he held it for his book. That's wrong. You say what you have to say when it matters. And he could have made a difference in the impeachment had he spoken out instead of hiding his secrets. So I personally was opposed to him for that reason. Um, I also don't agree with his analysis of foreign affairs and 
our relationship. Yeah, the book, with the Iran book was nothing but else. the book was nothing but him praising himself and making a lot of statements about how wonderful he is. That Donald did it really didn't. There, there really was nothing that he could have, you know, that he wrote about that he could not have come forward. He just we right. needed somebody that was in the inner circle to come forward just to corroborate what other people yeah. were saying. But he had no information that was there. But I want to just ask you this thing because just to stay with Mallory McMorrow, right? Because she's mm-hmm. the rising star in the Democratic. Party. She's but, terrific. Yeah, she. Who else do you see on the horizon? Because while I believe that Biden has done a great job in bringing, you know, people of color and the um, people from the LGBTQ plus, you know, into his cabinet, um, who are your favorites that he's bringing oh. out, and why? Gosh, um, I there are so many. And the Democratic Party is a very big tent. So we have, you know, everything from very progressive, uh, you know, the Bernie Sanders, Liz Warren, AOC, to the, well, to the most our right of the Democratic Party, which would be Cinema and Mansion, uh, who do not represent viewpoints that I approve of. Although occasionally, obviously, they do. That's why they're Democrats. But um, on some of the issues, like the filibuster, which I think is important, um, I would say, I mean, Mondaire Jones has been on the the iGen Politics show and is quite powerful and wonderful. I think Gavin Newsom is pretty interesting in the Democratic Party. I think Adam Schiff is. Um, I... I think it's going to be interesting to see who wins the New York 10th. I don't know what district you live in, but that's um, a highly competitive. I think there are 10 candidates. That's mine. Is that yours? Okay, it so yeah. Liz Holtzman is a candidate. Yep. Daniel Goldman is a candidate. I think Mondaire is a candidate in that race as well. Uh, I mean, those are three people who should all be in Congress. Um, and it's a shame that you have to pick. And I'm not sure that I know all the other uh, candidates in that district. So I don't, I'm, I'm not, you know, endorsing anybody. I'm not, I'm just saying it's, it's a great field and shows the depth of the Democratic Party and how many people, both ends of the age range. Um, I mean, Liz Holtzman will be 80. And, um, you know, Daniel Goldman is, you know, what, 40 years younger, at least. Um, Mondaire probably is too. So I, I I um I think there's just so many good ones and there's room for discussion within the Democratic Party whereas the Republican Party has stopped having any discussion. It's my way or the highway and by my way we're talking about Donald Trump. Yeah. He, he and he has no real policies. It's not like we know what his policies are except for things like separating families, horrible things like that. Um and who would have ever expected him, who used to support abortion, to appoint people who would abolish abortion and eliminate 50 years of history in America? Um, those are those are really terrible choices. And, you know, whatever the poll numbers are in a race, it actually comes down to either one or the other. And while you might think you... You don't love everything about Joe Biden, although I think in the last few weeks he's shown his value. And I think that his poll numbers are going to start going up 
No. But even if they don't, in the end of the day, you're voting for him or you're voting for Donald Trump. Well, that's an easy choice. That makes it so clear to me that you don't have to make that choice. And then when you get down to the local level, um, you know, or anywhere down ballot, it also matters. And the Republicans have showed us how important state houses, both the governor and the state legislatures are, because so much of what the Supreme Court is doing is saying, oh, it's all up to the states. Well, if you don't elect people at the state level who represent your values, exactly, then you're going to end up with Indiana's new law abolishing abortion, uh, so which was just passed. Sure. So let me ask you, since we're talking about women and all, in your book, Watergate Girl, you discuss many things. But suffice to say that Trump is not your first rodeo when it comes to dealing with a criminal president. But you also discuss the sexism of the era. In your opinion, has any of that changed much? I mean, young women being taken advantage of by powerful bosses. I mean, it's as old as time, right? The old, the old notion of the casting couch. But then again, you see people like Cassidy Hutchinson, right? The, you see the Cassidy Hutchinsons of the world. And then you think maybe the needle has moved some. Right. It's my hope. I mean, I have a daughter and so on. I would never allow. I mean, I, and I watch these things on television and, and I see and I hear about the sexism. What's your take on it? So unfortunately, I talk to a lot of um, business groups, a lot of colleges, a lot of law schools. And sexism has not gone away nope. in ever so many ways. It still exists. Uh, I was also on a Pentagon committee looking at sexual assault in the military, which is a step above sexual harassment um, and gender bias. It's, uh, you know, it's a physical crime. That still exists in big numbers. So things are better. And the reason they're better is that there are so many more women. When I went to law school, 4% of lawyers were female. 4%. That's all. So when I would go into a courtroom, someone would say, whose secretary are you? And statistically, it was far more likely that I was someone's secretary than that I was actually there representing the government of the United States of America. But the fact that there is a Cassidy Hutchison, the fact that um, there are cabinet officers who are female, the fact that so many of the witnesses in the impeachment hearings and in the January 6th hearings that so many members of the committee doing the questioning are female represents a huge change for the better mm-hmm. that there are women being allowed to reach their full potential. It's important. And I, one specific thing I want to mention is when I was general counsel of the army, I helped sponsor legislation that abolished the woman's army corps, the WAC, which had been something that started, you know, during war many years before And you might say, well, why did I want to abolish that? It's because in the WACs, there were only two positions that were slotted for generals, the head of the Women's Army Corps and the head of the Nursing Corps. If you wanted to be the head of the JAG Corps, the lawyers, you had to be in the regular army. If you wanted to be the head of Fort Hood, you had to be in the regular army. And so by abolishing it, I was able to open up opportunities for women And when I was on this commission looking at sexual assault, I saw by visiting many bases, by having panels come to testify in Washington, 
There was one panel that came in. It was four generals and one admiral. Lowest rank was a one-star brigadier general. And that was the only man on the panel. All the women outranked him. That's something that would have never happened without the elimination of the wax. And so I think we've made a lot of progress and we will continue to make progress, but we have to keep, and, and this brings us back to the ERA. If we had ERA, we'd be full participants in the Constitution. Yep. I can't believe we're still having this conversation. Not me in, either. In the, in the 20, I, really, I really can't. It's, it's frustrating. It's stupid. It makes no sense. How old, I'll tell you your, how old is your daughter? 26. And I'll tell you something. Brilliant. Three She speaks three languages. She went really? to the University of Pennsylvania. Um, she's she a fabulous, fabulous child. And, and, you know, but it's everyone's daughter is the apple of their eye, of their yes. father's eye and their mother's eye. And at the end of the day, she should have every opportunity. Boy, let me tell you one thing. I can't wait to the day that I see a woman in the presidency because rest assured, the country will be yes. much better off. That's truly my opinion. But, you know, Joe, the hour goes by quickly here on Maya Culpa. And so I have one last question. It's kind of a personal question, you know, to mm -hmm. you. All right. No, don't get nervous. You know, we're, we're not that kind of a podcast. You've I've had revealed a, very, a lot in my book. You, Remember, I did a lot of true. personal revelation. Yes. Now, you've had a long and illustrious career. You're everywhere on television, podcasts now. You do a ton of charity work as well. Right? You're just you're you're amazing and you always have been. You're you're really a role model to, you know, so many people, male and female, and, you know, as well as an inspiration. So my question to you What's left for you to accomplish? I mean, what do you have on your bucket list that you've not managed to get done yet? Well, I guess I'm pretty happy and pretty satisfied. But uh, right now, the Equal Rights Amendment is really important to me. And I can't believe that I am still saying that we need to protect the right to vote. I was in college during the civil rights era and was very involved in, in that. And the fact that states are now trying various ways to suppress the vote and to take the vote away from people is horrifying to me. So I'm going to continue to work for that. I'm very involved in the Better Government Association, which is trying to bring transparency in Illinois to government. Um, I've been involved in the Veterans Art Museum. I've been involved in the Executive Service Corps, the ACLU. I mean, there's so many things that deserve our attention. And another big area for me where I will continue to work and dedicate myself is in uh, wildlife protection and wildland protection. Uh, my husband has inspired me on this. He's very big on animal rights and animal protection. We love animals. We're about to go on another safari. This will be our fourth in Africa, and we've done four in India. Uh, where we've been lucky to see tigers every time, which is fantastic. I don't suspect it's like the uh, safari that Don Jr. and Eric went on, where they shot like uh, nine no, there's different... no guns. Okay, just wanted to make sure about yeah. that one. Yeah, definitely not. No, we take pictures. We leave them as we found them, and we would support any anti-poaching uh, efforts of any country. So all of those guns are important. I mean, there's so many issues... I'm not going to stop. I mean, I retired when I turned 65. Uh, obviously, I failed at retirement because here I am. I am now 79 years old and wow. I am not stopping yet.
I am going to keep on going. And uh, as long as I have the energy I and my podcasts, I love the hashtag sistersinlaw. I look forward to our conversation every week so much. And then I started out, I wanted to be a journalist, ended up a lawyer instead. I went to law school to try to get a better journalism job. I'm now with Victor Shi, who's also been a guest on your show. Great, great young man. Yeah, I'm very proud to be mentoring him and have him as my co-host. And we interview some of the most interesting people. And it is, you you mentioned, you know, Mallory McMorrow. Um, and we're going to have uh, Congresswoman Maloney on talking about ERA and other issues. Um, it's like a dream come true to be able to call up these famous, wonderful people who've accomplished so much and say, let's talk about issues that matter to Victor's generation. I mean, he's 20 years old and to my generation and to all the generations in between. So as long as I can keep on doing those things, I'm going to keep on working for that. And as I said, right now, ERA is a, a top of mind um, for me. Well, Jill, you are an inspiration. You're Truly a fascinating person. I uh, wish you the best. Anything you need, thank you. feel free to reach out. Um, thank you for joining us today on Maya Culpa and hope to hear and speak to you soon. Thank you for having me as a guest and thank you for writing your book, Revenge. Uh, thank you so much. I'll see you soon. And now for today's Maya Culpa. I recently read a headline saying that it is unsafe for anyone to drink rainwater. Rainwater? What? I quickly turned the page because it's just too much to contemplate. But I couldn't get it off my mind. If we humans can't drink rainwater because it's apparently too full of toxins, what's the earth supposed to drink? Let alone the birds, all the animals, and everything else. Okay, so I read the article and it turns out that there are these man-made chemicals known as forever toxins that take a very long time to break down, according to the EPA. Lots of our household items contain these toxins, including waterproof clothes, candy wrappers, and cleaning products. And while most countries, except of course China, have dramatically reduced their use of these toxins, they are already in our bloodstream. That's right, there is a plastic running through your veins right fucking now. Fish are just full of plastic. And don't get me started on surface water and soil. Yikes! I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, folks, but what the fuck are we doing? According to Vice Magazine, who broke the story, there's not much we can do about forever toxins at this point. And this is going on all over the planet, not just near big cities, no. These chemicals can be found in the Antarctic and Tibet, causing researchers to say chemical pollution has now crossed a planetary boundary and it's not going to get better anytime soon. You are not a bad person for having used plastic at some point in your life, but these toxins are literally forever. Now, the Inflation Reduction Act will be signed into law here soon, and it's not going to solve the issue or the millions of other climate-related issues we humans have perpetrated upon the Earth. But at least it's a start. The goal of the bill is to put the country on a path to reduce greenhouse gases by 40% by the year 2030, a meaningful increase compared to our current path. 
we are now committed to creating and implementing renewable technology like solar panels and electric vehicles. We'll also be shoring up our energy infrastructure, which will reduce cost and keep the lights on, even in places like Texas, where good old Greg Abbott sold the grid to the highest bidders. But I digress. The bill also includes tax credits and other financial incentives aimed at making clean energy options more accessible for consumers, with a particular focus on those who are lower to middle income. The bill will ultimately do great things for the country and hopefully for the planet. And now you're not alone anymore trying to figure out how to reduce your carbon footprint or install solar panels. No, clean energy will be the way now. Change is here. Yes, we will still have forever chemicals to worry about, but if the United States becomes the hub for green energy and we can sell the world on it, the future still looks bright. And thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media, written by Jimmy Jelinek and Paula Killen. Our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustat, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Mea culpa, nothing but the truth.